What's up, guys, and welcome to ATP Weekend Match Report, where we review the weekend matches from the Premier League and big games in Europe. Our headlines for this match report is Chelsea getting blown away by City, Tottenham getting by Leicester, and the Madrid Derby. I'm the host, Richard Redillo. And let's get this match report started. It is match day 26 review for the weekend games of the Premier League. The first game that occurred at 4.30 in the morning, West Coast, American time, Pacific, whatever you want to call it, was Manchester United versus Fulham or Manchester United won 3-0 and where surprisingly Fulham had 49% possession in this game, but was probably the reason why they lost this game. Starting off for this game, Manchester United backline was very shaky. Uh, Vieto had a chance, but didn't convert, unfortunately. Uh, also, were very physical in this game, especially Mitrovic. But were actually neutralized in the end uh, with Schurler, Babel, and like I said, Mitrovic having little to no involvement and influence in this game. Uh, Paul Pogba's goal was led by great pressure from United uh, inside post shots or near side post shot inside post. Uh, it's kind of the same thing, but regardless, brilliant goal also. By the one-man show, Anthony Martial. Uh, Stat-wise, Fulham attacked on the right side where Luke Shaw absorbed all of that with three tackles, one interception, one clearance, and one block shots. Phil Jones had a decent game, almost had a goal. Uh, one tackle, two interceptions, eight clearances, two block shots. I'm slow at reading it. I apologize. Uh, Martial, I thought somewhat was man of the match a goal and assist with two key passes for the other side uh john michael siri had a great game i thought switching up the play trying to open up channels for fulham had eight long ball passes with converting on five of those needs to have a bit more of key passes with only having one so he can be a little bit more influential uh shout out to Babel who has kind of changed this team's attacking uh, ways and has an extra gear, I guess, for them. And going forward, him and Siri are going to be very important. But unfortunately, it didn't go their way, obviously. And United's train keeps on rolling. Next, we got Crystal Palace versus West Ham, a nil-nil draw, where West Ham were not lethal at all. Uh, but was led by a penalty in the box by somehow Gouda, I don't know what he was doing. Gave up that penalty. Mark Noble converts. Uh, and then after that was basically Crystal Palace on how did you not score that kind of in a way. Uh, Benteke had a chance. Somewhat, you know, we'll give him that one. You know, he he probably could have scored that like four years ago, but didn't in this game. McCarthy, wrong foot, sir. What are you doing? Uh, and then Batuai, go check out our ATP click play and talk about why Batuai is not going to be a great player for this team. And as you saw, didn't convert on his basically penalty shots chance. Uh, Zaha, though, saved the day for Palace where Fredericks, I don't know what he was doing. I mean, last week he had a great week against Liverpool and this week you just had to defend Zaha. Had Mane in his back pocket, but could not do anything to Zaha. Uh, Stat-wise, West Ham only had six attempts, uh, three from open play, one sh uh, set piece, a one counterattack, and obviously the one penalty where they converted. Mark Noble and Michael Antonio need to help out on their side where they got attacked on the left 45% of the time. Together, they only had one tackle, two interceptions, two clearances, and one block shots. They even had to sub on uh, Zabaleta, probably because of positioning. But in the end, Crystal Palace probably should have walked away with three points. 
were the better side, just poor at converting their chances. Next, we got Huddersfield Town versus Arsenal, a 2-1 victory for Huddersfield. I was going to say Huddersfield Town, but no, it's a 2-1 victory for Arsenal. It felt like Huddersfield Town probably should have won this game. Uh, Mkhitaryan, key in both goals where he crossed it over to Iwobi and then somehow hammered, did not save that, probably should have. Iwobi's face at when that ball went in was he, he was just as surprised as us watching it, honestly. Punchin, a guy that's going to be very, very influential for Huddersfield Town. His involvement in this game was good. Just uh, needs a little bit more help from Moy, who is somewhat neutralized. Uh, Arsenal doesn't really look like a top four side. Uh, I say going forward they do, but defensively we're just unorganized and very, very fragile. Arsenal were outshot six times. Uh, 43% attacks went on the right, 42 on the left. Uh, shout out to the Terriers, Jonathan Hogg, who had five tackles, five interceptions. Uh, like I said, Moy needs, needs more involvement. Had two key passes at 81 touches in this game. Probably just not the right place, the right time. But a very entertaining game for Huddersfield Town fans, I thought. Probably should have got at least a point out of this. And Arsenal just needs to go back to the drawing board and just needs to have a better game plan. Uh, Mkhitaryan, though, going forward, you guys sh should have something there. Next, we got Southampton versus Cardiff City. A very emotional game, obviously, was going on with the last two weeks where Cardiff City won at 2-1. Uh, Solbamba having to go off a set piece. Obviously, the back line for Southampton is very poor. Uh, Ings and Austin need to finish those chances as well. Probably should have been at least a draw in this game. One key player missing from this game was Targets. Bertrand, who played in this position this week only had seven crosses with one converting. Honestly, it just felt somewhat generic in the way everything was surrounding the game and how Cardiff City were just going to find a way to win, and they did. And somewhat glad for them, but unfortunately, I still think they're going to go down. But regardless of the result of this game, this puts Cardiff out of the relegation zone at 16th with 25 points and pushes Southampton down to 18th with 24 points. Next, we go to Vicarage Road, where Watford beat Everton 1-0. My man out of the match of this game, Ben Foster, had a great couple of saves in the beginning of the game. Also, a great team effort to keep onto the attack that led to Andre Gray's uh, goal. Like I said, goal was going to come from someone that we probably haven't seen in a while. Andre Gray was the guy. Your boy was right. Uh, Everton were not clinical, obviously, from looking at what happened. They just had chances where they just didn't convert. Ben Foster, like I said, I thought was a man of the match. Had 36 long balls and converted on 13 of those. Also, Watford had a crossing gallery of 20 crosses in this game. Uh, Lucas Digne not supported by Tom Davis with zero shots and zero key passes. Also, no support for Andre Gomez. Digne, though, did have four key passes in this game. The vocal point, I guess, going forward, I don't I just don't understand how that's possible with the set of players that they have. I don't know what's going on with Everton. They they just are in some kind of slump or just need to make some changes to the lineup. Uh, just very disappointing in their efforts in this game. Our next game is Brighton versus Burnley. But before we get into that review, come on and join the Across the Pond Football Club by subscribing to our iTunes podcast and YouTube channel. We would Really appreciate your support. A 3-0 victory for Burnley. Uh, Brighton started this game off pretty strong, but didn't convert. Again, a beacon of light for Burnley. Dwight McNeil dribbling to Woods' second goal. And after that was the third goal, which is a weird set of events where Hendricks had a handball 
in Burnley's box, but then was immediately countered attack off and off sides to Barnes getting fouled in the other opposing box and getting a penalty shot. Just a weird set of events that led to Burnley's third goal. Uh, Brighton had 81 shots in the box with 75 of them in the 18 yard area. Dwight McLeo, like I'm going to continue telling you that he is a beacon of light, tacked on their side 49% of the time, uh, had only had surprisingly 19 passes, one key pass at a 57% pack accuracy rates five long balls with only converting on two with one dribble out of 40 touches but had an assist uh, just right place right time kind of player again moving forward he's going to be a key player for them uh lastly pascal gross a guy that i really enjoy watching had three key passes four shots two on target with 13 crosses converting on six again just a weird set of events in this game going forward brian just need to not fall apart like they did this week and full against Fulham and Burnley just need to keep on doing them long balls. Next, we are going to go to Anfield where Liverpool took on Bournemouth and won three now. Uh, Liverpool were basically stalking all the way up until their first goal. I felt like the, this is Liverpool coming back out of their little two draw slump and basically carved up Bournemouth. Uh, their first goal, Milner was not offside this time. Uh, that led to Saudi Almani converting a header. Uh, they attacked mostly on the right side of the pitch where Bournemouth's Rico had to make four tackles, three interceptions, two clearances, and two blocked shots. Uh, Firmino, another guy that came out of nowhere this game with four key passes and a beautiful assist to Mo Salah, who had seven shots with three on target and three key passes. Uh, Nabi Keita, a guy that's continued to settle into this liberal team, only had seven tackles, one interception, with 97 passes, 90 of the percent conversion rates. And then Jordan Ibe, lastly, just being completely useless. Bournemouth just needs to have Brooks and Callum Wilson to come back, and I think they'll be fine. Liverpool, this is the Liverpool we've missed for the last couple of weeks and continue to put pressure onto Man City. Next, we got the first Sunday game where Tottenham Hotspurs took on Leicester City at Wembley Stadium. A 3-1 victory for Spurs. Weird beginning to the game where Sun was given a yellow card for being fouled in the box, which I thought was clearly a penalty. I don't know why he got a card out of that. Just like the Liverpool-Bournemouth game, after that, Spurs were just breathing down Leicester's neck and finally converted on a goal, which was a set piece, though. Uh, Harry Maguire, I don't know what you were doing. Mark your guy, please. Uh, and then was led after that by James Madison getting a penalty where Jamie Vardy didn't convert. Uh, this was also, I believe, Yari Tilleman's first actual start. I believe he was subbed in last game, but this was his first Premier League starts where he had two shots with one on target, two key passes, uh, two dribbles, five for five on long balls, and only actually had 36 passes and a 91 of them being successful. Uh, it was a very interesting to look at Oliver Skip's dead weight. Uh, he had the least amount of touches in the midfield and had zero contributions in the passing game or key pass game, I guess. Uh, ben Chilwell, another vocal point for this team. He had five interceptions, three clearances with one black shot. Also had some offensive stats with four sh shots with two on target, one key pass out of 97 touches. James Madison, who had seven key passes, had nine out of his 10 crosses converted and having six long balls converted out of 11. I think the weak point in this Leicester side was the center halves of Maguire and Evans, where they had zero tackles, 
four interceptions, eight clearances, and three block shots. Uh, it was a very interesting game to watch. I thought Lester should have at least gotten a point out of this, but with the last goal from Sun, I think was kind of like the, okay, well, they kind of earned it in a way for Spurs, but we're very fortunate to walk away with three points. They just need to be a little bit more tidy on the defensive side. Now we move on to the last game of the Premier League where City destroyed Chelsea 6-0. First off, Marcos Alonso, what are you doing, sir? Uh, I know it wasn't the initial cross that was scored off of, but you were the reason why the cross got sent in. Learn learn your spot. Learn your position, please. Jesus. Chelsea cannot defend crosses. Uh, even on the Aguero whiff, it went through, I believe, two Chelsea defenders that had no touch on the ball. Just a team all year that we've seen cannot defend crosses plain and simple and you have a team brilliant at crossing the ball inside the box and that's all you saw this game uh Higuain unfortunately had to create all the chances on his own basically um Aguero just being straight class just my biggest downside was actually not Chelsea's performance it was actually sorry not shaking the hand of Pep Guardiola at the end thought that was very disrespectful and rude uh statistically uh City attacked 51% of the time on the left gave Aspie a quota a game forcing them to make six tackles zero interceptions and a one clearance uh, Sterling contributing on that side with four dribbles. Uh, City also had nine key passes in this game, along with 66% of their shots in the box, 13% of those in the six-yard box. Very impressed by both center halves for City. Laporte had 96 passes with 13 long balls and converting on eight. Stones had 103 passes with eight long balls, with converting on six. Very influential in City's game. Uh, Jorginho, again, being the most useless player for Chelsea, not knowing how to defend, apparently, with only two tackles, two interceptions, and not going forward with only one key pass. Guy that's probably shouldn't be playing in that position. Golo Conte, sorry, just play him there. I just don't know why you're not doing that. Uh, trashing more on Alonso, had one tackle, one interception, one clearance. This was just men versus boys, I, I would say. That's all that needs to be said because of the results. We are finally getting to our big games in Europe. We go to the Scottish Premier League where Aberdeen took on Rangers. It was Aberdeen in third, Rangers in second. It was a 4-2 victory for Rangers. Just a bunch of silly penalties. Uh, two red cards where McKenna cleated uh, Morelos. Go watch that replay. I was very surprised on how he was able to cleat a guy while he was basically on his head. So now Rangers are trailing Celtic by six points. Uh, very impressed by Steven Gerrard's side. Can't wait to see more of them. Next, we go to Germany with four Bundesliga games. RB Leipzig versus Frankfurt, a nil-nil draw. Just basically one-sided where Timo Werner could not score. Frankfurt were just defending for their lives. Uh, where they actually could have stole this game at the very end, but didn't. And it ended up as a draw. Uh, the next game is Hanover 96 versus Nuremberg. A two-win victory for Hanover 96. The reason why this game is so significant is both bottom sides. Where Nicola Muller had the two goals in the game. Uh, Hanover 96 is now four points away from safety. While Nuremberg is probably going to be relegated. Uh, next, another relegation battle game. Where Fortuna Dusseldorf played Stuttgart and won 3-0 for Dusseldorf and now moves 10 points away from the relegation zone while Stuttgart 
sits in the relegation playoff zone. Lastly, the more significant game, it was Bruce Dortmund versus Hoffenheim, a 3-3 draw where set pieces were key. With this result, now puts Bayern Munich five points behind Bruce Dortmund. It's going to be interesting to see how this league ends because it might be the first time in a long time where another team besides Bayern Munich wins the league. And I would love to see Bruce Dortmund raise that title. Next, we move to Espanya where La Liga takes place. Espanyol versus Real Vallecano. I believe that's how you say it. I, if I didn't say that right, I apologize. Or Espanyol 1-2-1. Uh, very interesting to look at the stats in this game where Espanyol had 56% of their shots outside the box where Sergio Darty having one beautiful shot for one of those goals. And if you want to see a VAR goal, go check this game out. One took place in this where a penalty was given. Lastly, we have the Madrid derby where Atletico Madrid lost to Real Madrid 3-1. A brilliant goal from Casemiro, which was followed up by a counterattacking goal from Antoine Griezmann. Uh, Alvaro Morata came on as a sub, almost scored, but was offsides. As of recording today, Real Madrid is now six points back of Barcelona and jumps Atletico Madrid and are five for five. And that has been it, ladies and gentlemen. Please leave some comments down below of what you thought of all the games this weekend. Also, please consider subscribing to the iTunes podcast and YouTube channel and giving us all the all that love over there. Also, go check out all of our other content on the channel. We are going to be doing a previews and predictions this coming week. And yeah, that has been it. I have been the host, Rich Radio, the one American boy, giving you this week's weekend match reports. We shall see you guys later. Bye-bye.